What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Pass the Torch for episode 16. Today, we have a very special guest in Dana White. Our Torch Pro squad flew out to Las Vegas and met with Dana in the UFC headquarters and had an incredible conversation. We chat about his journey with the UFC, the mentality it takes to be successful, and his life beyond the sport. Then, of course, being Boston guys, we had to chat a little Boston sports. He also breaks down why Vegas casinos hate him at the blackjack table. It was an awesome experience for us out there. Dana is a special human being with a real power to inspire people. And UFC fan or not, I guarantee you will love this conversation. So make sure you head to torchpro.com, check out our behind the scenes video of our trip out there, and also sign up for our sports newsletter, The Morning Blitz, which Dana calls the most badass newsletter in the game. But first, let's dive into our conversation with Dana and get to it. I hope you guys enjoy. Let's go. Where'd you guys come in from? Boston. Oh, you came in from Boston? Yeah. Man, I'm I'm so fucking pissed at myself. I I, I wanted to go to game one, and uh, it's like, that's ah, fucking Easter. Game one's fucking insane. Electric. Electric. And I'm like, you know what? I'm fucking going to game two, because I want to bring my daughter. I've taken my sons to a bunch of games, and I haven't taken my daughter, so then I'm like, oh, let's see how the series plays out, because my daughter had to go to Mexico today with her mom, and... Uh, I was like, she'd have to fly back from Boston and go right on another plane to Ma- Shut the fuck up and go to the game. <laughs> it's right? Shut the fuck up and go to the game. Enough with the bullshit. Well, I, I, I fucked up again. Another great game, right? Yeah, it, it was great. They came back from 17 down. 17 down and one by seven? Yeah, yeah. And the fucking line, I mean, the line was three and a half. I know. I was like, there's no way Boston beats them by three and a half. They beat them by fucking seven. Yeah. So yeah, I thought I thought the Nets were going to come back on fire the, the second game. Anyway, you want to save this shit for the podcast, maybe? No, we're live anyway, so we're good. But uh, I think they're going to sweep the Nets, and I think you'll be able to get your shot to go to Boston. Yeah, I hope they sweep the Nets. That would be incredible. And then the Bees are good, too, right now. And then they play Philly. <laughs> I like going to Philly games in Philly. They, they are uh, crazy. So it's fucking awesome, man. When you wear your Pats uh, shit, too. Uh, yeah, I, w- I, w- no, I wear all my Celtic shit. Yeah. You got some fucking balls wearing <laughs> that shit in here, yelling shit at me. UFC sucks. <laughs> like it, it's, it's fucking awesome. They dude. got balls on And those then fits. if you beat them in Philly, it's even better. That'd be so a, fun. That'd be a sweet Easter conference. Everybody always bitches about Philly fans. I love Philly fans. They're it's, out of their fucking minds. Yeah. And it's, it makes the game so much more fun. Exactly. So, yeah, hopefully, hopefully Boston sweeps the Nets. I could see it. Then the bees are good too. Is everybody going crazy in Boston right crazy now over right this? Now. Yeah, especially beating Kyrie and, and the weather's nice. So yeah, it's there you go. Buzzing. That doesn't that doesn't hurt either. No, it's buzzing. Yeah, I mean Boston sports doesn't get better. Yeah. When are we when are we getting so a cool. uh, and, event and, back at the Garden? And what a fucking rough team this team is. You know what I mean? It's not packed with superstars and all mm-hmm. that shit. They got Tatum, and then uh, the rest of the team is just fucking dog tough. Yeah, I love it. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll be back to Boston soon. We're looking at we're looking at Boston dates now. Hell yeah, we had dinner with uh, Calvin Cater last night, and he he was itching for a Boston fight. That's awesome. Yeah, um, no, yeah. but I love it. So yeah, Dana, thank you so much for having us in your space. It's beautiful here. Pleasure. But uh, how you been? I'm good, man. Yeah, same old shit. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> same old shit. Around and so here. I'm excited to chat about like your journey as an entrepreneur in the UFC, future of the sport. But first, I want to chat about like our relationship. So. We first got connected on Instagram like three years ago. Yep. You posted an Instagram. All we said was, hey, we're some Boston boys trying to make it big in sports media. Do you have any advice? And you just said, DM me. And so obviously we DM you. You immediately sent back a response. And so 
when you first reached out to us, did you have any idea who we were, what the Morning Blitz was, or just trying to help some scrappy kids I had from no Boston? Clue. Yeah, no, I talked to lots of people on on social media, and and obviously you're from Boston, so yeah. that was that was a huge help. But um, yeah, no, I, I love all these young people who are trying to trying to do something, uh, you know, entrepreneurial and and. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, anything I can ever do to help, I love it. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. And, like, we had a blast at UFC 244 in, in New York with the Diaz-Jorge uh, presser when we, were, right. we chirped Nate for being a vegan. He wasn't too fond of that, but I thought it was funny. I saw you Actually, laugh. Actually, I, I, I thought Nate's reaction was pretty funny. <laughs> it he, was. He, 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 uh... The Terminator's a vegan motherfucker. He, he, he handled that really well, actually. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, no, yeah, getting into your journey with the, uh, with the UFC, and so... You took over as president, and you and your partners bought it in 2001 for $2 million, right? Yep. And so what was your biggest obstacle, getting the company off the ground in those early days of the USC? Um, you know, it, it was fun, actually. When I look back on all that stuff now, and I think about, you know, we talk about it all the time. Like, Lene, my, my head of PR who's sitting over here, she's like my, 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 my right-hand girl. She's been here for a long time, and, you know, we talk about, a lot of the stuff from the old days and and uh it, this is just a completely different world now man it this is. place was crazy we first of all we weren't in this building we were in much smaller offices back in the day and uh it, it was it was a grind every day was just grinding now now it's like uh you know um are we going to africa if so when you know the we're still battling here a lot of the uh the covid goofiness um you know, uh, there's still some states that we're not going to because, you know, the, 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 they're not locked down, but they're, they're tough to do business in and, and, and some other countries. So hopefully over the next uh, three, four months, a lot of this stuff will go away and disappear and we'll forget it even happened. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 yeah, absolutely. And so did you – but did you ever have a doubt on, like, what the UFC would become when you were grinding in those in those early 2000s? No, I never doubted. The, 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 the question was, is the timing right? Mm. Everything in life is about timing. And, and uh, did we get the timing right? And the timing literally could not have been per more perfect for the UFC. So, um, yeah, I always believed it could be the biggest sport. I mean, if you watch – interviews with me early on I said it's going to be the biggest sport in the world and and we're still we're still trying to achieve that today you know yeah. as we go into all these different countries but I was right I, I figured this would work everywhere and I was definitely right about that yeah and so there's probably so many highs and lows of that journey right but those lowest of the lows how do you keep powering through well I mean if you believe in what you're doing and you believe and you truly love what you're doing um you know you don't let anything get in your way I mean, there, there's so many things that can derail you uh, on your coming. Number one, the first and foremost is your, is your ego. Your ego, you know, if you look at, you're telling me fucking Guns and Roses couldn't get back together and, and play. You know, how much, you know how much money those guys lost and how many people didn't get to see them play? It's all because of ego, you know? Do you really hate these guys that bad? You got together at one point and liked each other and created something incredible and, and put out albums that are that are unbelievable, and now you could could be touring and doing all the you know, it's it's all about keeping your ego in check and not losing your fucking mind. Yeah. Um, you know, you you buy this thing for two million, then we go forty million in the hole, then it turns around and it's this rocket ship. Um, you know, it's super successful. There's so many different 
ways that you could get sideways with your partners like me and the Fertitta brothers. Um, we never allowed that to happen. You know, we're, we're as close now as we were back then. And, uh, that's, 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 that's the major key to success. If you, if you have partners, keep your ego in check and don't lose your fucking mind. Yeah. You know, and remember why you got into this and how it all started and who did what. And, you know, you know, the, the Fertitas put up the money early on and, uh, you know, I, I got lots of recognition and, and credit. You know, there was never any infighting over any of that stuff. So, um, you know, it needed all three of us to do what we did and, and to build it into what it is today. I love to hear it. And I feel like um, when you find something that you love and you do it with people who love, that's like the key to happiness, right? It's, it's just, you have to remember, you know, you're doing what you love to do and you're doing it with people that no matter what's going on today, you know, as long as one of your partners doesn't lose his fucking mind, like I'm telling you, yeah, you know, it's 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 it's, it's so silly. If you look at all the things that have been super successful that have blown up over ego, um, and I mean that's that's the that's 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 the first thing. Absolutely, and I feel like in business and throughout your whole journey, you've kind of had a fighter's mentality when it comes to your business strategy. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, one hundred percent. You have to. Mm. You know, uh, yeah, I, I laugh every time I hear people saying, yeah, you know, I don't like working for other people. So, you know, I, I want to work for myself because I want to set my own hours and I want to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Let me tell you what. When you work for yourself, there are no days. There, there's no Christmas. There's no fucking Easter. There's none of that shit when you work for yourself in the early days. It's a grind. Exactly. It's you, you, you're working through through all those holidays. Every day something bad happens. Every day there's problems. Every day somebody's trying to fuck you and, and take what you've built. And you know what I mean? It's, 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 it's a war every day when you get up in the early days. Yeah, absolutely. And you can't fully embrace that and go through that process without it being going back to the thing, being something you love to do. Or you won't be able to handle that. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, another thing that we talk about all the time in the olden days around here, it's quiet around here these days. You know, first of all, I'm obviously 20 years older than I was when we started this <laughs> fucking thing. So I was a lunatic in the early days. And, and when you're building something like this, you, you, that has to be your mindset. You know, there was a lot of screaming, yelling, madness going on around here back in the old days. But, um, you know, funny stories and, and shit like that. But, uh, yeah, I'm a lot more mellow these days. Uh, it's, 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 it's a lot easier around here than it used to be. Um, but once you get to a certain level of success, you, you have to keep your hands on the wheel and you have to keep steering, you know, the, the ship gets bigger and bigger and bigger, but you got to keep fucking steering it in the right direction. You got to, you got to show up every fucking day. You know, your employees are here working every day. You can't just be this dude who makes a bunch of money and you take off and go on fucking vacation for, for, for the whole summer and then come back in September and wonder how everything's fucking going. You, you got to stay in here and you got to, you, you know, you got to lead your people to where you want this thing to go. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to transition into the fighters a little bit here. So talking about having no vacations, no off season, things like that. That's exactly what the fighters go through. So is what makes them so different, a UFC athlete versus the other four major sports like the well, NFL and NBA? The, the difference between the fighters, the, the, you know, our fighters are built different than any other athlete in the world, man. These people are incredibly unique. Yeah. So if you look at the way a lot of the athletes acted during, uh, you know, uh, COVID, not my crew. 
You know what I mean? Not, not, not only not my fighters, not my employees either. Everybody was ready to, 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 to follow me into, into battle on, on that one. And, uh, you know, if you look at these guys, they, they fight three times a year. So, you know, they'll, they'll have a big fight coming up. They'll train. They'll get ready for it. Th- then they have free time to spend with their family, mm. be around their kids, go on trips, do vacations, and shit like that. Then, you know, they got to get back to the grind, and, and, and they fight three times a year. Um, contrary to popular belief, they make great money, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, and, and they live really incredible lives. Right. I mean, I look at a guy like Cowboy Cerrone. I'm thinking of him because he was up here with us yesterday talking to us. You know, this guy's got more fucking toys and, and shit that, you know, uh, he's got a ranch and, and all that stuff. He lives an incredible life, man. This guy does nothing but have fun. And, and fighting is part of it. Fighting is, is, he loves it and it's fun for him. And how old is he now, uh, Lene? That guy has fun in the ring, too. He's what? He yeah, has fun exactly. in the ring. Yeah. Right? And he's got to be pushing 40 years old. Yeah. He's still making money. He's still doing his thing. He's got tons of great sponsors. Huh? 39. 39 years old. Yeah, he's almost 40 years old, and he's still here doing it. This guy in our back parking lot here has a fucking boat. <laughs> What's he got? A boat? Uh, huh? A trailer. A bus? Uh, and, and God knows, whatever. Yeah. I was pulling out of the, out of the uh, garage the other day, and he goes, fuck, how many cars do you have? I go, how many cars do you have just here in the fucking parking lot? You don't even live in this state. Um, so, yeah, these guys, these guys live great lives, man, but, they're, but they're, they're, they're very unique individuals. They're different than all of us. You know, all the things that normal people worry about, um, oh, my God, I got to have, I, I, I got to go to college. I got to have a steady job. I got to have a 401K. I got to have health insurance. I got to have this. I got to have that. They don't think about that shit, man. None of these guys are wired to sit in bumper to bumper traffic and sit in a cubicle every day. They're they're just they're a different breed of human being, and that's what makes them so unique and special. Yeah, and the sport itself is so unique and special. And so, for someone who's never watched a UFC fight in their life, what what the hell are they missing? Well, I mean, it depends on whether you go live or you watch it on TV. You know, if if you go live, it is the most exciting live sporting event you will ever see. I guarantee it. Nobody ever walks out of one of our events and goes, yeah, I don't ever want to see one of these again. And if you're at home watching it with your friends or you're at a bar watching it, you don't get a better television experience either. And just the energy and the buzz that is created, like, like again, off the top of my head, Hamzat versus Burns, you know, a couple weeks ago was fucking insane. Literally insane, man. It's the only thing that came to being close to as loud as that was was when Connor fought in Ireland that time, mm. and uh, it, it, it was awesome. It's yeah. just you, there's no other sporting event that, that gives you that kind of feeling. I was at the Diaz uh, Jorge fight in MSG, and that was just absolutely electric. And I was a casual UFC fan at the time, yeah. but that that really hooked me. That event, it was unreal. And and that's that's the thing. That's where we're lucky. Yeah, our live events are so good that that you know, I mean, we were just talking when I came in here. I, I'm I'm literally pissed off at myself that I didn't go to game one or game two <laughs> yeah. of, of the fucking Nets Celtics. Um, and uh, see, I, uh, basketball, if you break down the different sports, like I, I like basketball live, right? So when you go watch a basketball game live, and especially when you sit in the seats that I get, it's awesome, man. I love it. And, and, and you know, if you're a fan of the team, the Celtics, you got to be a fan, though. It's not like you just go to a, 
you know, any random game and and watch it and have a blast. You have to be invested in the team like I'm invested in the Celtics. But And then if they're playing like Philly or or, or, or the Lakers and um, – What's the other team I love to see him play? Is that New York? If they play New York, you know what I mean. Um, you know, there's nothing like it. But if you watch basketball on TV, you tune in with six minutes left to the fourth quarter. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and that, I mean that's the part of the game you watch. NFL, nothing bigger in the United States. One of the funnest sports ever to watch on TV. Yep. But when you go to a live game, it, it's 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 not as fun as it is watching it on TV, in my opinion. Have you ever been to a Super Bowl? Uh, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course I I was at the Super Bowl uh, when the Patriots came back against the uh, Falcons. Yeah. Wow. I was at that game, yeah. You had no you had no itch to walk out of that place after being no, down. To- I, no, we, we we wrote it out, man. What was cool was and that's the other thing. If you're an NFL fan and it, it, it's different than like I told you, I like to go into Philly when the Celtics play Philly and the fans are part of the fun, you know, they're yelling shit at me and all that stuff. But when you do it at, at the NFL and, and those games, it's way different. Mm. It, it's a lot more um, like, man, shut the fuck up. <laughs> you know I mean? You feel like you're going to get in a fight at an NFL game. But I was lucky at the Atlanta game, all the people around me were Patriots mm. fans. And, uh, and, it was fucking awesome, man. As they started to come back and win, we were, we were going crazy. And I remember when the game was over, we were just walking around outside like like zombies. Like we couldn't believe that that actually just happened. And uh, yeah, it's, it's man. Let me tell you what. And I'm speaking. I'm preaching to the fucking preachers here. Uh, being a Boston fan, the last 20 years has been. The most incredible thing in the world. Man. Greatest thing ever. I mean, I couldn't be any fucking luckier. The time that I've spent with my family watching games, going to games, and, 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 and all that shit, it's just been, it's, it's been one of the greatest joys of my life. It's been awesome. A hundred percent. It's kind of shaped me who I am today, and like that may be weird to say, but and it's also cool because I don't even remember the 2001 Super Bowl against the Rams. Like I wasn't yeah. even, rem- I, w- I was alive, but I can't even remember. So my whole life, all I've known is Patriots dominance. Well, you were a little kid. Yeah. Well, all you know are the Patriots All dominance. I know. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I, I have to ask, so Brady or Belichick, who's responsible for the dominance in the last 20 years? Yeah. Brady, Belichick, and Kraft. You got to credit everybody, man. Yeah. You got to credit everybody involved in that game, in, in that mix. And you got to look at, you know, Gronk, Edelman, and, oh, and so many others, too. Um, you know, and they'll be the first to tell you it's a team. It's a, it's a team effort. But you got to have a great coach, too. But you have to have a great owner, you know. And, and it was the perfect storm between all those guys. And, and, and you, you got to credit Belichick, too, for being a guy that look at how many fucking stars were built in Boston, right? Took these guys in. You didn't know who the fuck they were. And they became stars and then ended up leaving for big money because they were built in Boston. So you, you, you got to credit Belichick for that, too. Yeah. You know, you got to credit Brady for always taking less money so they could build a bigger fucking team. And the list goes on and on. You, you had a group of winners for 20 fucking years, man. And we're all so blessed and lucky. And, you know, that's why I don't even get in this bullshit Fucking, uh, you know, everybody, oh, fuck, Brady's gone. Fuck Brady. Brady gave you 20 of the best years of your fucking life in sports. No, not fuck Brady. <laughs> and no, not fuck Belichick or any of these guys, man. Embrace and love them all because it's been an amazing ride. 
Hell yeah. I mean, football is the ultimate team sport, right? It really is. Yeah. And so you called it last year on our IG Live, Mac Jones to the Pats. Right. I was against it a little bit. I remember that. But so props to you. You're not against it now, are you? Fuck no. He's I a mean, bad yeah, boy, he's man. good. Yeah, he yeah, is. So, oh, he turned out all right. And but, he's going to be fun to watch over the years. Yeah, I agree. And But the AFC is stacked this year. So you got Russell to the Broncos. You got Matt Ryan to the Colts. The Dolphins we, are stacking up, but I still like our chances. Yeah, you know, he, you know the, the, the team that I've hated – my whole life with a passion. This year they look fucking scary. They just got Von Miller now. The dirty, rotten Buffalo Bills. Yeah, man. these fucking guys. Ah. And the thing that sucks about the Bills, I'm, I'm such a huge Buffalo Bills hater, but I love their fucking quarterback, man. You can't not love this kid and respect him. He is fucking tough, durable, and and you can just tell by the way he plays, he's a fucking winner, man, and he wants to win worse than anything. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, the Buffalo Bills are going to be tough this year. And and I've been – let me tell you what I've been doing for the last 20 years. Smashing Buffalo Bills fans. (laughs) Yeah, me too. Okay? Every fucking guy I know who's a Buffalo Bills fan, I've just been – destroying these guys for the last 20 years and and these guys are, are waiting for retribution they're already coming at me i mean yeah josh allen's a stud um but yeah we'll see if he can get he's over incredible the, we'll see if he can I, get over the hump he's incredible and so you're clearly a big sports fan so behind the ufc curtain when you don't have fights maybe for a few weeks you're less active on social what, what are you up to what do you like to do um you know it depends on what's going on you know I'm, I, I i wouldn't say like I get seriously into the Celtics during the playoffs. Yeah. During the playoffs, I'm, uh, I'm super focused on on the Celtics and and watching every game, going to games, and usually during the season, I'll hit um, two or three games a year. But the NBA still had the mask bullshit going on, and you know me with all that stuff. So I didn't I didn't go to any games, but I'm I'm gonna try to check out a couple of playoff games. Bring my daughter. My daughter's never been to a game with me. I always took my sons, and now she's 16, so me and her are going to hit some games together. And yeah. then um, I like to, you know, during the football season, I'm, every Sunday I'm home watching. Uh, you know, uh, now I watch the Patriots, and I watch the Bucks, Bucks. play. Exactly. You got to, yeah. And, uh, and then other than that, I, I, I love playing cards. I play cards. What's your game? A lot, blackjack. Bla- I was playing some blackjack while we were here the last few days. Me too. I went up. I went up. <laughs> I love it. You won? I, I won a little bit, not too much. Maybe not as much as you took home. Listen, if you win, that's 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 a these these places are not designed for you to win. Right. They're designed for you to lose. And and you know, the way that I play that's why they don't let me play at a lot of these places. And uh, you know, they, they try to they try to make it so you, you can't win. So when I go in I cut deals. More casinos are becoming more open. The uh the Bellagio uh, just just brought me in and, and has accepted me. We'll see how long this lasts because last weekend I beat the living fucking dog shit out of them. Uh, and then last night I slapped the shit out of Caesar's Palace. So Caesar's is, is, is a Caesar's is a shoe in. These guys, if you're a big money gambler and you like to play cards and you like to play high stakes, Caesar's is the place to play. They treat you right. They don't sweat their money. Uh, they, they they take care of their players. Caesar's Palace does a really good job, and they got a gr- they, my host over there is a great host. I got a new host over at the Bellagio, and they were very good to me last week. Um, I, I, and they seemed pretty fucking excited for me to leave when I left. 
Um, Wait, so they don't let some casinos don't let you in because you just win too much. Yeah, the, well, it, it, it's not that just that I win. They de- they don't like the way that I play. <laughs> so here's the thing, and you have to put it all in perspective. If you walk in, and you have five hundred bucks, right, and you start playing with five hundred bucks, and you win five hundred bucks, get the fuck out of there, <laughs> leave. You just doubled your money, okay? Well, what do you think you're going to do? You're going to sit there and win a million fucking dollars? I promise you, you're not, okay? There's probably maybe three or four stories in the history of this fucking town of guys who have gone in with 2,500 bucks, 1,000 bucks, and went on these runs that lasted days. And that is some freakish shit. It's, it just it doesn't happen. So the problem is, and here's the mentality, you three are from fucking Boston. You guys have been locked in your fucking house during COVID. Weather sucks. It's been fucking snowing. We're going to Vegas. Yeah, we're going to go to Vegas. You fucking go and you take, you take a thousand bucks. And you don't take a thousand bucks and say, I'm taking a thousand bucks because I'm going to go fucking gamble and I'm going to win. You're like, this is what I'm willing to lose. Yep. I'm willing to lose a thousand bucks. So all three of you will go sit at the fucking table. Excuse me, waitress, waitress, you're going to get fucking beers. You already got four beers in you. You're fucking drinking. You're talking. You're not even paying attention. You're not playing by the fucking rules. You're staying on fucking 16s when she's got a fucking 10 because you're just there to have fun. Exactly. I'm not there to have fun, and I don't want their fucking liquor, and I don't want to fuck. I'm there to win. So I go, I, I bet as high as they will let me bet, and, and, and if I bet $75,000, and I win two fucking hands, I leave. I just won $150,000. Smart man. Right? It might take me three hours. It might take me three seconds. You know what I mean? No matter how long it takes me, I'm leaving. That's why they hate me. You you play to win. Yes, I play to win. I don't go there to fuck around. I'm not there to hang out and have fun in their casino. I'm there to kick their fucking dick in the dirt. I love it. <laughs> After this interview, I'm going straight to the Bellagio. <laughs> uh, no, I love it. And I know you've got a company to run here. But so one, a couple final questions. So I love your posts with the Fuck It Friday. Like those meals Thank look you. incredible. Um, but how the hell do you stay in shape? Like what is your workout routine? <laughs> yeah, Fuck It Friday is absolutely killing it. And what's weird it, that's starting to happen is this transition where People are coming up to me now and talking to me about fucking Friday and not the UFC. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, when we, when we post these things in 24 hours, just on Instagram, it does over a million views just on Instagram. So by the time this thing runs a few days, four to five million people have watched fucking Friday. And I'll give you an example of how crazy this is. So, you, you know, when I post, if you don't know, now you know. Yeah. So what I do is I'm trying to give you guys insight into a couple of fights that I think are going to be fucking great on the card that you might not know about. Um, and then it creates some type of a rooting interest, like, oh, shit. All right, I feel like I know a little bit about these guys, and I want to see the fight. On my best day, if you don't know, we'll do 100,000 fucking views. <laughs> yeah. Fuck it, Friday does 4 million. Wow. Isn't that fucking crazy? But it's also... It's posted in the same spot on the same yeah. whatever. But the reality is... You know, I got I got seven million people that follow me that might not be into whatever fights going on this weekend, 
but everybody loves food, man. And everybody's always interested in food and, and, and fuck it. Friday is fast and easy to digest. And it, you know, it's, it's, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a winner, man. Yeah. And well, that post will also bring in some more UFC fans. So someone right. who maybe hasn't interacted with the UFC or Dana White is now seeing you and they're going to follow you and become a UFC fan. Well, the whole food thing is blown up. I mean, I got, I got food people hitting me up, offering me all these, all these food deals yeah. and all this shit. And I'm like, yeah, listen, I'm not a, I don't sell food for a living. I, I, you know, this is fun. I like to do this, you know, and I've done shit like this through the pandemic. I, 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 I was like a fucking movie critic telling you what movies to watch and shit like that. Just, just something fun to do with, with our fans and, and the people who follow me on social media. So that's really how it started. Yeah. That's incredible. And so you're not a food guy, but. Oh yeah. Yeah. But I love food. You love. And you, but you asked me, how do I, I, I do fucking Friday, but then I work out. I'll show you guys my. I have, I have my own gym. I in took there. an eye. That looked pretty sweet. Oh, you saw it? Yeah, it's yeah. pretty sick. So I got my own gym in here. I come in. I, I just started. You know, I'm starting to, uh, up again. I just started uh, last week. I'm back on the Oculus. Okay. Uh, you, you know the Oculus? The headset? Yeah. Yeah. So they have a they have a game in there called the Thrill of the Fight, and it's two hundred dollars. Listen, I have no investment in the Oculus whatsoever. Okay, I'm making any fucking money off <laughs> Oculus. So. I'm just telling you, when, when I see something great or I see something you should know about, it's a fucking great product, man. It's $200. That's fucking nothing. You put the thing on, and they have this game, Thrill of the Fight, where you actually have to go in and fight guys, and you physically have to fight them. It kicks your ass, man. So I've been doing that for cardio, and, and you fight these guys three rounds, and it's basically simulated sparring. It's incredible. That's awesome. So I do that for my cardio, and then I lift weights every day, and... That's how I stay in shape. Have you, do you ever still spar a little bit live? No, I don't. Um, and, and, I, and, and I got friends of mine like Forrest Griffin, um, Mario Lopez, and guys like this that, that I see sparring, and I say, guys, stop. You're, you're, you're fucking 50 years old. Mm -hmm. You don't need to be taking those punches to the fucking head. I already took a ton of punishment to the head when I was younger, and so did these guys. Mario Lopez is actually a good boxer. Mario Lopez will fuck some people up. People don't realize that. They think Mario Lopez, saved by the bell kid and whatever. He's the nicest dude in the world, but he will beat your ass. Believe me when I tell you, that kid's, <laughs> that kid's tougher than people think he is. And Tyson just beat the shit out of somebody on a plane today. Did you see that? No. You didn't see that? No. Some dickhead is sitting behind Mike Tyson drunk, <laughs> fucking with him and talking shit to him. And Mike oh. Tyson got up and just starts beating the living shit out of him and i want to i just want to say this to the asshole that was sitting behind mike tyson and did that recognize that you were a douchebag recognize that you were drunk you made a mistake you fucked up you know mm -hmm. you paid for it go on your fucking way don't don't try to sue mike tyson now Hell you know what i mean your, your boys be a mike, fucking right? man you played fucking games and when you play stupid games you get stupid fucking prizes so you, you, you got your ass whooped by Mike Tyson. It's a great story. You can tell all your fucking friends for the rest of your life, don't be a fucking scumbag and try to sue him now. Damn right. And you're, you're pretty good friends with Mike, yeah. right? Yeah. I love Mike Tyson. Yeah. That's unreal. And, Mike, and, and you know how fucking stupid you got to be to think you can fuck around and play games with Mike Tyson? You know what I mean? He's lucky yeah. he didn't get his ear bit off. Yeah. <laughs> lucky he didn't get his fucking head beat in. Mike hit him with a few fucking punches and then whatever. But hopefully this guy does the right thing and doesn't sue Mike. And you're going to have all the little fucking pussies. Out there. Oh, he assaulted him. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. You, you see Mike Tyson, don't fuck with him. You Hell know what's no. going to happen if you do. 
Come on, that's you know what I mean? It's a, it's like sticking your finger in a fucking light socket. You know, you know something bad's going to happen when you do it. 100%. You know what's scary for me is, so we were hanging out with Calvin Cater yesterday, but he's only, he fights at 145. So you stand right. next to the guy, you're like, oh, this guy's not too big, but right. you're in a bar with that guy, you start a fight with him, he will fucking kill you. There's, so, the, 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 there's guys like that all over the fucking place. You got Joe Lozon. Yeah. Look at Joe Lozon. He looks like a fucking nerd. Yeah. Let me tell you how that story ends. <laughs> Fuck with Joe Lozon. <laughs> See what happens. You oh. know, but th- that's what makes MMA so scary. Yeah. You know, at least in boxing, when you would see a guy, they look fucking tough and they look like, mm, I, I don't know about fucking with that guy. Yeah. But uh, yeah, the MMA guys are super deceiving, man. That's awesome. Yeah, no, and so a couple more, but what's next for you? Are you going to be ringside at the UFC and for the rest of your life? Yeah, probably. Uh, I can't see myself retiring. Um, why would I retire? You know what I mean? I, I, I love what I do. Fly all over the world, stay in the nicest hotels, eat in the best restaurants, and have the best seats in the world for the greatest fights on earth. So I don't, I don't know about that. But who knows? Who yeah. knows what the future holds? And I, I don't know. You get bored in retirement. You're doing what you love. I literally, I mean, I don't even like going on vacation. I can go on vacation for like three days. Anything over three days, it's, you know. And then if you go somewhere far, go to Italy or Greece or one of those places. The flight's so long, you have to stay for a few days, but I don't like it. I'm, I don't even like three-day weekends. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And so I appreciate your time. Final question here is, if you had one thing that you learned throughout your journey in building the UFC that you could pass along to the next generation so that they could accomplish their dreams in everyday life, what would that be, that one lesson? <sighs> I don't know. Listen, I, 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 there's a lot of... Uh, You just gotta grind. Yeah, I, f- I feel like this this next generation that's coming up, and I don't I don't mean to smash all of them, but they seem like a bunch of pussies to me, you know. So, because of that, there's never been more opportunity than there is right now. If you're a fucking savage and you get out there and you grind hard and you want it bad enough, you can run all these guys over, man. And this whole COVID thing, people don't want to go back to work, and you know they want to stay home and all this bullshit, man. You, you, you can't build a real business with people staying at home. You need that connection. You need to be in the office with your, with your like-minded group of people, and you need to be brainstorming and working and coming up with, with, with ideas to take the, the company uh, further. And, you know, this next generation is just such a fucking group of pussies, man. I, I just, the, for, for the small group of savages out there, Run these fucking kids right over, man. You Run them all over. Can't beat hard work. That's it. That's it. And that, that was always my mentality. Nobody's ever going to fucking outwork me. So it should be yours. You out there that are listening right now, there's never been more opportunity than there is today. Hell yeah. Well, I love it. Dana, appreciate the time, man. I appreciate it. Huge fan of the UFC. Hope the Celtics pull it out with a sweep and you can get to Boston. You too, brother. Thanks. Yeah. Appreciate it, man. <laughs> If you made it through today's Pass the Torch episode, I appreciate you, and I hope you had as much fun listening to Dana as I did. Dana is a badass human being, and it's no question the UFC is what it is today because of his leadership. So if you're new to Torch Pro, we partner with pro athletes and sports stars like Dana to help them tell their stories beyond sports and give fans a better insight into what makes them great. Head to torchpro.com, and you will see all the awesome work we do with athletes, creating docu-series like our Niang Time with Philadelphia 76ers, George Niang, 
We do day in the life video features. We help athletes produce their own podcasts, like our Speaker Mind podcast, hosted by NHL's Riley Shane and Tyler Smith, and lots more. I promise you, you will love the content. Finally, make sure you sign up for our Morning Blitz daily newsletter, the number one sports newsletter in America that Dana truly loves, as we help people become smarter sports fans in an easy-to-read email format. And UFC fans, make sure you check out our latest podcast episode with featherweight star Calvin Cater. So hit that subscribe button and we'll see you next show. Let's go.